This call is being recorded. Steve likes her voice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Three, two, one. Steve, we're back again with another episode of the Steel Target Paint podcast. Uh, I think you've got some news to share with everybody about your shooting over the weekend. Yeah, Jeff, I was uh, shooting moon clips like a madman this weekend. So now I think I'm a number nine in terms of uh, number of people classified in all 13 divisions of Steel Challenge. And Jeff, I've got a new respect for those revolver shooters. Well, congratulations on that. Um, I'm shooting uh, OSR and ISR this weekend, and if all goes well, I will be the 10th. So that's fantastic. Congratulations. Thank you. I appreciate it. Have you done any shooting this past weekend? A um, little bit of practice. Uh, we had a local match uh, down at a range here in Ruskin, uh, shot PCC, had a lot of fun with that. And um just having a good time, you know, our standard Tuesday match where we will uh, at the WAC. And uh, as you've been there, um, it's an interesting place. But the, the nice thing is, is that because it's covered, we've got uh, LED lights in the bays. And so uh, we can shoot till uh, the wee hours of darkness or down here. We start in the wee hours of darkness. So uh, it's a good time. Hey, Jeff, tonight. We have the 2012 London Olympic gold medal winner with us tonight, Jamie Corkus. Hey, Jamie, how are you doing tonight? Hey, I'm doing great. Thank you. Thanks for being on the podcast, Jamie. Yes, thanks for having me. This is great. All right, let's go back in time a little bit. As a highly accomplished shooter, where did your passion for shooting begin? Well, my dad was really interested in the shooting sports. Uh, and so he got my older brother started in BB gun, uh, competitive BB gun, actually. And he's three years older than me. So uh, I was about six when my brother started shooting competitive BB gun. Well, we, we practiced a little bit in the basement. So I would load his BB gun for him. Every so often, I would be able to take a shot. And uh, you can start BB gun when you're eight. So when I was eight, I decided. You know, I wanted to take up competitive BB gun uh, in the just mere fact that I wanted to beat my brother at something. And <laughs> so I remember the first time I beat my brother, I was about 10. My, my dad was not happy with him. But <laughs> um, <laughs> that kind of started, you know, my uh, love for shooting and just competition in general. And then my brother started in a rifle program. You can only shoot competitive BB gun until you're 15. My brother started in a, a competitive rifle program with the Palmyra Sportsman's Club in Pennsylvania. And I just continued after him. Uh, I I didn't start right away. I actually went to practice one, one time when I was about uh, 12 or 13 and I wanted nothing to do with it. I was like, I'll keep to my BB gun and soccer and all the other sports I played. And then a couple years later, I decided to pick it up uh, again to beat my brother. And, and so that's kind of where it came from. My dad was just interested in it. My brother was my, my driving force. Uh, and then once I started beating him, it was about beating my coach. And then, you know, it was just, it became something I did every day. So at what point did, so at what point did you find, you know, people were saying, Hey, Jamie, you're, you're pretty good at this. And it really started to cultivate that you knew that 
you wanted to do competitive shooting on a really serious platform. At what point did that happen? I would say about 16, age 16, I decided, you know, this is something I want to pursue and put a lot of time into. And, and I had Olympic dreams. Uh, but I was still a multiple sport athlete all through high school. Uh, it probably wasn't until I started looking at colleges and NCAA programs that I, I knew I had maybe something a little more than a lot of other people out there, but there was still a lot of work to be done. All right. So did you go to school in Alaska? Is, is that true? Did I read that correctly? Yes, that is. Yep. I went to the University of Alaska Fairbanks. We had a national championship team up there. So uh, it was, it was a lot of fun. Well, all we have to do, all oh. you have to do up there is shoot. I mean, there's, you're not going outside very often. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You know, because I wanted to know, how on earth did you end up in Alaska? <laughs> yeah, it's just the rifle team, honestly. The rifle team brought me up there. Uh, we had a great team. Uh, we were, during the four years I was there, we won NCAA three times, three out of the four. So it was a very successful wow. team, still a successful team, and, and a great university, great uh, community surrounding the rifle team up there as well. Uh, we used to have the most spectators for our rifle matches, which is shocking. I know, uh, if you have <laughs> ever watched a slow fire rifle match, it's like watching paint dry, but we had people come and watch. So that was cool. That's awesome. Well, that's fantastic. Well, Jamie, you know, Steve and I always try to give out a tip, uh, to our listeners. Uh, do you have any kind of tip that you could provide, uh, to help them increase their shooting? I have lots of tips, but I'll choose just one. <laughs> I, I work with some juniors through training camps and personal coaching. And recently uh, I've seen a theme, I guess, that uh, of these shooters not training as they want to perform in competition. Mm. And I think that's probably one of the biggest tips I could give at this moment uh, is just, it's so important when you're practicing you're not only physically practicing the way you want to compete but you're also mentally practicing the way you want to compete uh i know a lot of times people aren't mentally checked into their practice and if you're not mentally checked into to your training then the chances of you being mentally checked in for competitions are very low uh very slim because you're you're training something in practice and then you're expecting something different in a match and that's just unrealistic expectations and so i guess my biggest tip right now that i could i could really give to our listeners is that you know truly go to the range and practice and practice a lot and make sure that you're practicing that how you want to compete well that's great you know i always say it's uh it's quality over quantity um and and it sounds like you're saying a similar thing is if you're going to practice, practice with a purpose, practice with uh, intent. Don't just get out there and think that putting rounds down range is going to matter. They've got to be effective rounds. Yeah, absolutely. I always say don't just go throw lead down range. It's not worth it. There you uh, go. So, yeah, I think it's, it's very similar. Yep. I think that's a, that's a great tip. You know, recently I had a group come down from Virginia to come train with me. And one of the things that uh, it, it was interesting because 
I insisted after we shot five strings, like we would in a match, you know, we'd do some drills and train on some things. But when we were going through to see where our baseline time was, I always painted the targets in between the shooters. And they said, well, Steve, why are you doing that? You're wasting paint. And I, of course, turned around and chuckled and said, well, I am the team captain of the steel target paint shooting team, so I get a good deal on paint. But outside, but outside of that, it's really, you know, getting your mindset on what in a competition. And there's a lot of clubs that paint in between in between um, uh, shooters, you know, there's a handful, there's a couple of them out there that don't do that, but at the tier two and, uh, or level two and level three matches, you paint in between shooters. And if you're not seeing the same thing like you would in the match, then, you know, you're degrading the quality of your, your practice. So great tip. Thanks for sharing that with us. Yeah, definitely. All right. So let's talk a little bit about Ely. What do you do at Ely, Jamie? Well, that's a great question. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> Your boss is listening. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, I'm the sales and marketing manager for the United States and Canada. Um, but honestly, at Ely, we, we do wear a lot of hats. Um, so, you know, I do a lot of customer service and we do travel to some matches and, and represent Ely, um, sponsor, some sponsorships. Uh, and just, you know, just trying to promote the Ely brand. Uh, and then I, you know, I work with our United States distributor and, and on the sales side of things, uh, we also work with a lot of colleges and we have uh, a test range in Texas that, we, you know, we're promoting. And um, so there are a lot of hats worn in the company by everyone. Uh, so, so my first comment was more about, <laughs> you know, just, just wearing a lot of hats, but technically I'm the sales and marketing manager. So, so how long have you been with Ely for, Jamie? About five years, actually. I, uh, Ely brought me on after I retired from competitive shooting, and I use Ely Ammo in um, all my shooting. So, you know, it was just a really great fit. I, I truly believe in their products. I, I believe they're the best 22LR ammunition on the market, and that's not just because I work for them, but I use their product, and I was very successful with their product. Sure. Well, speaking of success, is it true that um, as a brand of uh, 22 long rifle ammo that Ely has more Olympic medals than any other manufacturer combined? Yes, that is true. If you take every other manufacturer's Olympic medals and add them up, all of them, no matter what manufacturer it is, Ely does have more than all of them combined. And, and you know, that just goes to, to show how accurate and consistent and reliable Ely ammo is and has been for a very long time. That's fantastic. So in the rimfire uh, action shooting sports that Jeff and I participate in, Hill Challenge and Rimfire Challenge, um, let's talk a little bit about uh, some of the different brands because if you go out on either social media or you go out to Ely's website, there's there's various different brands and and a lot of those are for uh, precision uh, precision shooting. And you've got a couple. The ones that I use are Ely Force, which is high velocity, and Ely Contact, which is a, a, a standard velocity. I'd like to talk a little bit more about the details around around these two different types of rounds because, you know, a lot of folks, uh, Jeff and I maintain a lot of uh, social media and we're monitoring social media. 
And, um, you know, in the precision game, it's kind of, you know, you're shooting one at a time, but in the, in the speed sports, you're shooting, you know, you can shoot upwards of uh, five targets in a second and a half and it's a little bit quicker than that in reliability. Certainly, you know, there's a baseline of accuracy that you expect out of any ammunition, right. In, in the speed sports, but really the reliability is, is so key. And so when we monitor social, social media, the first question you know, people ask us, hey, what, what, what's going on with this gun? It won't feed and it won't feed and this and that. And we always talk about, well, what type of ammunition you're using? And, and a lot of the times the issues are, can be magazine related, but when you start peeling back the layers of the onion, it's the type of, it's the type of ammunition. And uh, I had a situation, I was doing a private training at my home range here and it was about he, he likes to degrees. just let's just stop right there. Steve <laughs> likes to point out in every podcast that he has a home range, so it's it's well, normal. Who would want to point that out? <laughs> Jamie, you, you you can let Jeff in, and you can tell him you got a home range too, right? <laughs> right, I I can shoot air gun in my uh, upstairs of my house. That's about it, though. See, <laughs> hey, cl- close enough, right? Exactly. <laughs> But, but we were shooting, and it was about 42 degrees out, and they were shooting in the off-brand uh, ammunition. We're not going to shame some other companies, but it had an excess, excess wax on it. It got cold. It, it just got a little bit – the wax that's on the end of the bullet was um, not going through the magazine properly, and so they were having misfeeds and whatnot. And so Force has a black oxide – case can you tell us a little bit about that and then i'd also like to get a little bit more detail around with contact and force what type of wax or coatings at the end of the bolt that makes it so great yeah so to start off the wax in general um they're both the same both uh ely force and ely contact have a paraffin wax coating uh which is different than our competition, well, I guess it's still competition ammo, but we, we classify Ely Force and Ely Contact as our recreation ammo. You guys are shooting way faster than any of the single shot bolt actions that we're using in Olympic style or bench rest rifle. Uh, and all those competition bench rest, three position rifle rounds have a beeswax coating. Uh, but on the Force and Contact, we actually put a paraffin wax coating, which is more viscous, and that mm-hmm. allows that round to cycle into and feed into the mag not from the magazine into the chamber better uh with with a heavier wax like a bees wax it just gets jammed uh it just doesn't feed into there as well and then you know the ely force does have a, a black brass case it is not coated you know a lot of people ask what's that coating on there it's not a coating it's no we the way I explain it is if you go out to your range, maybe your home range that you have at your house. <laughs> tell them, Jamie, tell them. <laughs> and you look at all those brass rounds that are laying on the ground for a while. Uh, you'll see that they turn black. And we speed that process up in our factory. And so it's a black oxidization that's on the outside and inside of that brass casing. And all that does is in a high velocity ammo that creates a little more friction with the bullet and the case to allow the bullet to stay in that case just a tiny bit longer to help those gases build up behind the bullet. And it 
actually we can see a little bit more accuracy with that um, high velocity round because as as I'm sure a lot of people know, as you get to a high velocity round, you do lose some accuracy in general. So well, Steve, to- Steve, it sounds like it's aged like a fine wine. <laughs> Kind of like you, Jeff. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you again. (laughs) You're welcome, sir. (laughs) Well, Jamie, one of the things, too, that I think Ely is is known well, well known for is their priming system. Um, And that's what's really going to cause each round to go bang every time it's you know the coating is important the the brass and and so forth and and the paraffin but all that's after the priming system is fired can you give us any insights into you know the intricacies of the priming system that ely uses yes definitely uh ely uses ely prime and it is actually the safest way to prime uh and so what ely does is are we take a dry priming powder and it is put into the case and then it's tamped down and that's what gets that powder out to the rim obviously in a rim fire we need the priming compound in the rim that's how it fires and then at the very end of the process we add the liquid activator and that's what actually activates that priming compound And so the reason it's so safe is because the only way that priming compound can be combustible is when you add that liquid and which is done at the very end when we're not, you know, tamping any powder down anymore or anything. Um, How other, most other manufacturers prime is called skin priming. And that's when you have a liquid priming compound from the beginning. Uh, It's, poured into the case and the case is actually spun and that's how that priming compound gets out into the rim and if you think about spinning something you can see how as you spin it there could be some spots on that rim that actually don't get priming compound out to it or a spot is missed and if you happen to put that cartridge into your gun and strike it where there's no priming compound it's not going to go bang and so that's what makes ely prime so consistent one it's super safe and two uh because that how the the powder form of the priming compound is just tamped it tamps out into the rim very evenly well i've shot ely i've shot at the all other ones i will admit that um uh, every time I've had a Neely round in my gun, it's gone bang. And occasionally, very rarely, but still it happens. You get that round where you get the click and you're like, oh, something's wrong with my gun. And you put the bullet in just in a slightly different angle and it goes bang. And there's your answer right there, what you just explained. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah, that that's very, very interesting. What about the wax on other other bullets what what type of makeup are they using because there's a lot of in it's tough to hold back other manufacturer names but there's uh i I think the 
the race to get out ammunition a couple of years ago led to some quality control problems with other manufacturers. Whereas uh, there's pictures out there all over social media where they're in a, a box of 50, not Ely, but another brand. And you turn it upside down and you can't get all the rounds out because there's so much excess wax that's um, not as viscous as Ely. Do you know what type of wax they're using on their bolts, Jamie? I can't 100% say it's XYZ. Um, I would guess it's some kind of beeswax coating, but I have, honestly, I don't know that I could tell you exactly what other manufacturers are using out there. Um, I know on our competition, you know, single shot competition rounds, uh, we do use a beeswax and, and it is noticeably thicker, um, but it doesn't pull at the bottom of our boxes. <laughs> um, <and laughs> Some of that is, you know, just the quality control. Um, Ely, at Ely, we value that quality control. Uh, we're always looking to try to improve our already really great quality control. Uh, and that's, you know, that's because we're, we're not pounding out billions of rounds like a lot of these other manufacturers are. Uh, we just don't have that capability because of all the checks and balances we have that go into those rounds, we manufacture a lot slower because we're checking a lot more boxes that make sure our ammo is consistent and reliable and accurate. Excellent. Great. Well, Jeff. I'll take the next one, Steve, because then that'll let you end out on the uh, questions, okay? Yes, hello, you there? Uh-oh. Steve? Jeff? Okay, now I can hear you. Jeff. Okay, go good. Ahead. Here we go. So, Jamie, uh, we've talked about um, force and contact, and I've been to the Ely website, and there's about, I think the technical term is umpteen different <laughs> uh, brands of Ely ammo that you can get that I saw. Uh, it looks like some might be available in the States. Maybe it's rebranded with a different name, but they all have different capabilities and accuracy ratings. And I've heard rumors, and, and you can uh, maybe uh, dispel them or confirm them, that what Ely will do is they'll have a run of ammo, and then based on how that ammo performs in a quality check, that's how they decide what level of ammo it's going to be. So if you could answer that and then maybe explain a little bit about that QA process, because, you know, I know you've got, I'm guessing that when you shot in the Olympics, you shot, you were shooting 10X, which seems to be the, the yeah. top of the line ammo for Ely. Yeah. So it, it really depends on what rounds you're talking about. So that rumor is semi-true. Uh, what we do with our 10X, and our match ammo, Ely 10X and Ely match is every day we set out to make Ely 10X on that line. That line is very, very different than the Ely Force and the Ely Contact. Um, Ely 10X has a flat nose bullet. It's actually a different alloy compound to make that bullet. Uh, it's a white bullet. Uh, Ely Force and Ely Contact both have black bullets. Uh, so obviously that, if we go out to make 10X, it's not gonna go into a Force or, or Contact box because they're completely two different rounds. Uh, and so, but on the, on the 10X side, we do go out to, to make Ely 10X every day. Uh, if anywhere throughout that process, 
no matter what, if it's from the very beginning to the very end, if there's something that doesn't meet 10x specifications, it does get put into an Ely matchbox. Now, we're never going to put something into an Ely matchbox that doesn't meet Ely match specifications either. So it, it does have to meet certain specifications all the time, no matter what box it's going into. And is that, you know, I'm, I'm assuming it's regarding, you know, a, a, a ransom rest type shot that it's, you know, got to be within, you know, a certain, I'm guessing, less than millimeter accuracy, but I'm guessing you're checking for velocity as well. Yeah, there's um, actually, there's over, there's hundreds of different things that we're checking. Okay. Uh, the very last process of that is to test that ammunition or that lot of ammunition in our test barrels. So at Ely, we have four test barrels and we do shoot those, that ammunition out of all four test barrels. And uh, if it doesn't perform how it should for 10X, it can, can go into a matchbox that way as well. But there's before that, there's hundreds of different things that we're checking that it can fail any one of those, I guess. Maybe fail is a bad word to say, but it might not meet that very high expectation for 10X. Excellent. And I've seen on the Facebook pages where it looks like, and I'm not sure if this is in the U.S. or in Europe, but people can actually go to the Ely uh, site, uh, not website, but the actual physical plant and test their ammo. Is that true? That is true. Yep. And we do have a test range in the United States in Texas, uh, in Winters, Texas, just south of Dallas. So you can uh, take your firearm, uh, rifle or pistol and get it, get it tested. That's typically done with, you know, our precision shooters. Sure. Because they care so much about accuracy. Uh, we see it with our long range 22 shooters. Uh, we, we have tons of Olympic style shooters come in, um, you know, Olympic style pistol shooters or, you know, bullseye pistol shooters as well. So that is available. Um, we have six test facilities around the world. One is in Canada as well. So we have one in Canada, one in Texas, a couple in Germany, one in Norway, and one in England. Um, and then the other thing that I think is really separates Ely out in that, um, you know, the, the quality aspect of it is you can actually go onto our website and, uh, Go to the um, My Ely or Find a Lot Analyzer link, and you can type your lot of Ely ammunition into that lot analyzer, and it'll show you our proofing at our at at the factory. So wow. you'll be able to see how that ammo performed at our factory. That includes the velocity, the grouping, and all the group sizes that we shot out of our proof barrels. Uh, you know, it gives you the trajectories and um, it's actually a really, really cool platform. And you can do that if you're looking at a bunch of different lots at the store or you can do it with the lots you already have at home. Very cool. Thank you. Yeah. Jamie, how many rounds of ammunition approximately are in a lot through the manufacturing process? It varies depending on uh, if a lot changes depending on anything that changes through the process. So we start out with all raw materials. Uh, if, you know, there's a new billet of lead, that's going to change a lot. 
Um, so anything that changes, if a shift changes, that changes a lot. If a machine oh, goes down, that changes a lot. So anything that changes in, in that process of start to finish of that ammo, it can change a lot. So our lots are pretty small. Um, about, it, it really varies between about, I would say 20,000 uh, rounds to a hundred. And a hundred is a very big lot. Um, maybe a little more than a hundred, depending on the actual um, brand of Ely that you're shooting. You know, if it's Ely 10X, it's a lot. Our lots tend to be smaller because it takes us longer to make Ely 10X sure. than it does to make, you know, Ely Target or or Ely Action or Ely Force or Ely Contact. Do you make every single component at your facility, meaning do you like cast your own bullets and the casings? Do you, do you do all that manufacturing? I know you do the assembly, but do you do all or any of the manufacturing there at the facility? Everything is done at the UK facility. So um, in Birmingham, England, everything, we get everything from raw materials. Uh, we make the cases, we make our priming compound, we make our bullets everything is made in-house um, from those raw materials. And if you're ever in Birmingham, oh, that's England, awesome. you can take a tour of the factory as well. <laughs> it's really cool. Um, I took a tour when I was a shooter and just thought it was like, oh, wow, this is how my ammo's made. <laughs> you know, I had no idea. <laughs> oh, I'd be like a little kid in a candy shop. <laughs> <laughs> going around going, how much is that machine? I want oh. one at home. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been in, I, that, that's what I do for a living is I'm in uh, distribution. And so we have a fair amount of automation. And uh, one of the companies I work at used to work at, uh, we did a lot of manufacturing of our own parts. And it's just, it, it's fascinating the technology that's, uh, that's in place in the instrumentation to, to do the quality or the QA process is, uh, is mind boggling. Appreciate you sharing that insight with us. Really cool stuff. Yeah, definitely. So, Jamie, Ely's got a, a presence all over the world. You've, you've mentioned, you know, Birmingham, England, where you're making the ammo and, and Germany and Canada for, for ranges. But what's next for Ely in the U.S.? Yeah, you know, Ely in the U.S., our big, um, our big push right now, in, honestly, is, is in bench rest shooting. Um, and the really cool thing about bench rest shooting is, those guys are all about accuracy. It's like the complete opposite of action shooting. Um, it really amazes me that you guys can shoot five shots in a second or whatever you do. I can't even load my gun in that amount of time. But um, it's, uh, you know, I, our focus is is definitely we um, we actually have a a new platform uh, competition platform called My Ely. And we're running competitions for different organizations on that platform. Uh, and it's, it's kind of to bring people together that they don't have to travel to shoot competitions, uh, but they can shoot a competition at home against someone across the pond. And so that's a big push for Ely. Um, I think branding in general in the United States is, is very important. A lot of, people don't really know what Ely is and you know through some of our sponsored shooters and just our social media and a 
um, just presence at different matches is helping us get that branding out there. And, and so, you know, knowing what Ely is and, and why it's different. And so that's kind of where, you know, focus is going in the U.S. Nice. Well, you know, you, you talked about us shooting and, and, and as you were talking about accuracy, you know, we shoot at 10 inch plates and 12 inch plates and, and, you know, we get pretty fast and, you know, for us, if we hit an edger, we're ecstatic because it, it means we didn't miss, um, where, you know, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> for you, it would be like, you know, if I'm in that 10 ring or is it an 11 ring now? I, I forget what. <laughs> Yeah, it's close, 10.9, you know, if we're going to round. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, if, if you're in there, <laughs> that's your happy place. Um, um, but you talked about, you know, uh, you know, us shooting that, and you you don't load your uh, your gun, and, you know, you take your time, of course. It's it's a very precision sport. Um, but I think our listeners would be interesting. You know, we shoot, you know, Tactical Solution X-Rings and a, and a number of different brands. Those guns come in anywhere from four to five and a half pounds um your competition gun what did what do those guns weigh because they're very different from what we shoot they are very different from what you shoot uh but they're about anywhere from about 11 pounds to 14 pounds depending on whose gun it is who's shooting it wow so sometimes more than twice the weight of what we're shooting and yeah yeah you're shooting now were you shooting uh and i apologize for not knowing the answer but i'll let you share it um your olympic medal um what was that in was that in you know three position or long range it was in three position so we're shooting prone standing and kneeling and that's all you know no support we're not resting on on anything uh so you know we're holding that you know about 12 pound gun without support and at what distance was the target? 50 meters. And our 10 ring was, um, our 10 ring is about the size of a dime at 50 meters outdoors. And how many, I know this is crazy. And <laughs> I can't a, see that in, far, in, Jeff. Oh, I, yeah, you know my eyes, Steve. I'm lucky to see the 35 yard <laughs> plate that's 18 by 24. Um, yeah. In each position, um, how many shots are you taking? For women at the time when I was shooting, it was 20 shots per position. Uh, and now they have actually changed that. It's the same as men. And so they're shooting 40 shots each position now. Wow. That is a lot. Holding that gun up every time. And it's just amazing. Again, congratulations. That's fantastic. Thank you. All right. One more follow-up question to that one. Cause I, you really piqued my curiosity. A dime at fifty meters. Do you do you use an optic, and is there any magnification or not? There is no magnification. We do. We use open sights, um, peep sights, aperture sights, however you want to call them. Um, and so, but no magnification is allowed. Oh my goodness, Jeff! So at fifty meters yeah. with the ammo, you know, say for instance a ten x round. Um, I know you're sighted in to hit the bull, but if that gun were, say, sighted in at, at 10 yards to hit that bull, at 50, would it still be hitting the bull or would it be high or low? I mean, there's got to be some curvature of the earth calculation that, you know, you're not really <laughs> technically 
aiming right at, at the at the bullseye. Is that true? Yeah, you're you're aiming at the bullseye because your sights are sighted at right. the bullseye. But you know, yes, you would have some drop at fifty, and then we do have some matches, not Olympic style matches, but more NRA style matches, um, CMP style matches that you do shoot out to a hundred yards. Uh, and then you know, a big uh, thing right now in the United States and and even in Canada, um, I think it's taken on taking off in, in the rest of the world as well as long range 22. I mean, those guys are shooting out to 300 yards with a 22. Wow. I don't think hey, I hey, could... Je- hey, Jeff, Jeff, I got a secret. Yeah. I was sitting here thinking, you know, it'd be cool, Jamie, if you're ever down in Georgia, maybe you're down to Fort Benning and there's a match and, you know, maybe I can, you know, head over there and, uh, you know, shoot a little three position, just see, you know, how tough really is. No, I'm good. I'm good, James. <laughs> well, you know, one of those positions wow. is kneeling, and I know my knees couldn't handle it. So <laughs> You'd um, get down and not get back up, maybe. Exactly. And I'm thinking I'm thinking at my <laughs> she age. She knows you, the, Jeff. <laughs> yeah. The prone would be would be a problem too, because I'd probably just fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Jamie, do you ever get down to Georgia at all or not? Um, every so often, you know, we do have matches at Fort Benning. Uh, USA Shooting Nationals is always held at Fort Benning. Um, and so it just depends on the year if we get to that match. Um, and then there are some other USA Shooting matches that are held down there as well. Well, if you're ever down in this neck of the woods, give me a call. Hey, Jeff, uh, I'm Range. Jamie, you're more. Okay, wait, stop, 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 stop. Start, start that again because you broke up, Steve. Start that again because oh, it no, sounds good, no, but you broke up. No. Well, Jamie, if you ever get down here to Georgia, I'll. Uh, hey, Jeff, listen to this part. Jamie, I'll invite you over to my home range and we'll do some speed shooting. <laughs> I would love to shoot at a home range. So, so Jamie, uh, I'll I'll offer the same thing. I don't have a home range, but I live in Florida. It's nice <laughs> down here. <laughs> hey, Jeff, I've been to the whack. Don't lie to it. Rain like a monsoon. <laughs> okay, it can happen. Yes, um, that is that is very true. Jamie, one one last question uh, uh, as we're wrapping this up, and I wanted to ask this earlier. Um, you're your training and your, and your mental aspects, you know, one of, uh, the guys that I've listened to and read his books, uh, and, and he's, and he is an Olympic champion. It sounds to me like you may have read with winning in mind and taken a lot to heart. Um, what Lanny Basham has said, is that true? Yeah, I think any, um, rifle shooter has probably read his book. I hope, (laughs) (laughs) you know, you, I think reading books like that is great. You learn a lot. You take what works for you and you apply it. And it just gives you more things to think about. Uh, You know, not everything applies to each and every person, but there's definitely all those different aspects. Um, I actually like to read sports books about other sports, not just shooting. I know that sounds crazy. Uh, But, you know, I read um, some mental books on tennis and, and baseball, because there's a lot of parallels. And so, you know, I think that's, it's important to whatever you can kind of relate to. Um, I, I love sports in general. So reading about other sports was really interesting to me. 
Well, I'll share this. There's a, a shooter down here in our area, Shannon Smith, uh, World Shoot team member, national champion, and and he likes similar type books as you mentioned. And I don't know the exact name. I'll try to find it and post it on the podcast page. But he said there's a very interesting book about competitive table tennis that really intrigued him and and the and and the literal cutthroat nature of that sport. So uh, that might be one to look for as well. That's funny that you say that because at the 2008 Olympics, I went and watched table tennis and I thought I was a pretty decent table tennis player. And so <laughs> the Olympics. Yeah. It's I nothing like the game you played in your basement. Nope. I'm not yeah. sure how they see the ball, but they do and they return it just as hard as it came back to them. So crazy. <laughs> Jamie, I've got one last question for you. With my role at Steel Target Pain and my affiliation with world-class companies such as Ely, I get a lot of questions from time to time about what I look for to sponsor a shooter as a brand ambassador. And so I'd like to get your take on that. What do you look for when you're out there looking for uh, a brand ambassador to sponsor a shooter out there? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, you know, as far as Ely's concerned, uh, we don't sponsor a huge amount of shooters. Um, we're a small company. It's really hard for us to sponsor a ton of shooters. Um, but the shooters that we do sponsor, we're really looking for um, people that are willing to help us grow our brand. You know, we want someone that's at these matches and willing to talk about Ely to anyone who asks. Uh, you know, a lot of our U.S. sponsored shooters, like yourself, Steve, um, will go and hand someone a, a box of Ely when they're having problems on the on the line, and it runs great out of their gun. There's nothing better than that to yeah, show agreed. someone how reliable and consistent and amazing Ely ammo is. And I say that because I use Ely ammo and I do think it's amazing. Um, but, you know, <laughs> I think it's, you know, it's, it's those people that we're looking for. We're not looking for a name. We're not looking uh, just to sponsor random people here or there. Uh, we don't, we unfortunately don't have the ability to do that. We're, we're too small. And so we're really looking for those people that can make a difference. Active on social media, truly believe in our brand. And, and we have some really great shooters in the U.S. that are exactly that. Uh, you know, they believe in our brand. They use our brand. They're willing to, you know, go up to someone and out of their own sponsored ammo, hand out, you know, a, a box of Ely and say, hey, you see, you've been having trouble. Try this. And it really shows you, I think, in, a, in the shooting sports, it's really easy. You're either going to blame the ammo or you're going to blame the gun. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's it. Yeah. yeah. It's never the shooter. You know, I didn't miss that because of me. It, it couldn't be me. <laughs> right. And so when your gun is jamming and it's not cycling well or, or whatever is happening, it's really easy to go, well, this ammo isn't working. And, and it's great. Or you go, this gun isn't working. And it's great for someone, one of our sponsored athletes, to hand them a box of Ely and their gun all of a sudden just cycles like a champ. And, right, uh, right. and I think that, you know, that's invaluable and, and just, you know, those are the kind of people we, we want to sponsor. Well, great. Thanks for sharing that with Jay with us, Jamie. And I'm humbled to be a part of uh, the Ely family. It's a, it's a great organization.
an amazing, amazing product. And, you know, to follow up to that, you know, because uh, I've traveled, I think last year I shot 10 different uh, major matches in six different states across the country. And, you know, I, I get the question from time to time. There's, I, I rarely have a debate. I'm not sure if I've ever had this that superior uh, ammunition or round compared to anything else out on the market. I, I've never encountered that discussion. But what I do encounter from time to time is, well, that's that's expensive, Steve. How do you shoot that? And, I said, and here's how I break it down to them, Jamie. And I, I want I want your input and uh, in perspective on it. But as an example, some of these major matches like U.S. Uh, the steel shoot, which a lot of people call the nationals, is one of the the biggest matches in the country. Match entry fees if you're shooting five or six guns is six hundred dollars. Just just enter oh you need to eat you may need a rental car you need a hotel a lot of these matches for shooters including myself is you know could be a thousand or two or three thousand dollars out of the world speed shoot when i was over on the west coast and california is a beautiful place but their hotels are very expensive i think that they are. <laughs> cost me it costs right around twenty five hundred dollars let alone you know we're not talking ammunition at this point we're not talking guns if you know you have any issues there or anything like that but it's you know twenty five hundred dollars to go across from you know from one side of the world to the other side of the world rental car food um motel hotel and then you got your guns most of us travel with you know thousands of dollars worth of guns and you know my perspective is especially when i'm having that conversation giving somebody some some ammo ammo to try you know I gave out 150 rounds of ammo that, you know, to finish the training session because the gun wouldn't run. But the way that I put it in perspective, let's say it's just for argument's sake, 10 cents a round compared to some of these other brands that may not be as consistent or reliable or four or five cents a round. You know, my perspective is you're going to, you're going to bicker over 20 or $30 in ammunition compared to spending thousands of dollars. What I do know though, Jamie and Jeff and, I know Jeff feels the pain with me because he's seen it before. It takes a lot of fun out of shooting if when you pull that trigger and it goes click instead of instead of bang. So that, that's my perspective. That's my perspective. Yeah, and I would agree with you on that, Steve. I have that conversation with a lot of people. Uh, you know, Ely is a little more expensive, and that's because of everything we do to put behind our rounds that we know it's going to go bang for you. And, you know, when, when I think of my own shooting, the last thing I want to do is show up to the Olympics and have a round that is, you know, doesn't have enough powder and, and gives me a two. Well, there goes my Olympic dreams. They're shot. And the same thing is with you guys. You know, when you go to an action match and you have a round that goes click, well, throw that one out. Hopefully it doesn't happen yeah. again. Or, you know, you, you just wasted thousands of dollars to go to that match. Oh, you're right. At the level we compete at, yeah, the level we compete at, if you have two strings with a malfunction on each string, it's <laughs> you're not standing to tell you that. It's it's extremely competitive. Yeah, Jamie, we're lucky. You know, we shoot five strings and and we get to call one a mulligan, or you know, we throw it out, or we only have to take four. Where, you know, in in your game, every shot counted, and the reliability was even more important. And you don't want to be you don't want to be at the gun thinking, is this going to fire? I mean, that probably never went through your mind because it shouldn't have no. to. No. And, you know, I think a big thing is uh, we like to say, Ely, we're creating trust in a box. 
Um, Absolutely. You know, Very cool. creating that, you know that every round you pick out of that box is going to perform as well as the last. And that's really important. Um, whether you're looking for accuracy or whether you're looking for consistency and reliability, that is very important to know. And, you know, I think, you know, even though you can throw that mulligan out, how much, how much nicer is it to be able to throw a mulligan out because your round was just a little slower instead of because you had a misfire? Well, you know, we've got a good friend, Tom Nealon and, and, uh, you know, what we like to do is throw four strings uh, and get four in the in the bag and then and then Tom is 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 the run we call it the blind squirrel run where you are just going <laughs> at 120 percent of capability uh, but if you end up you know hitting all five you may have put you know one of the best strings you've ever thrown down there it's not something going to repeat five times uh, but it uh, you know Ely provides you that opportunity to get to that fifth string with uh, with no problems and that uh, with the ammo and, and take that uh, blind squirrel run. Absolutely. Absolutely. Which could mean the difference of winning a match and coming in fifth, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, so Jamie, where's the best place for our listeners to buy Ely ammunition? I think the best option is actually to go visit elyammunition.com and navigate to the uh, locate a dealer part of the website uh, and you can type in your zip code and uh, you know it'll bring up dealers in your area perfect thanks Jamie yeah. well Jamie this has been a great interview is there any uh, last parting comments you'd like to share with our listeners I mean the only thing I can add is I mean I'm a little jealous of this home range that we keep hearing about <laughs> um, <laughs> and I hope someday hey. I I have a paper plate on my living room wall that I do my dry fire on, Steve. Is that, it's not the same. (laughs) Jeff, uh, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Jamie, thank you so much for being with us tonight. And uh, everybody go out to rangestore.net and use discount code STPODCAST10 to get 10% off uh, anything at rangestore.net. Thanks again. Thanks, Jamie. Thank you.